Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Whiffin. I hope you're all doing well today. Another week, another episode. And this is a good one. Well, they're all good, right? But today's guest is Mr. James Buckley. So... It's probably a little bit different from some of the other ones um, because I reckon for about four or five years, I probably spent more time with James than I did my family. Uh, we'll go into this in the duration of the, the chat, but we've been friends for, I reckon, maybe seven, eight years. Um and when we recorded this was actually the first time we'd seen each other for probably close to two years. And to give you a bit of backstory as to how this episode um, happened, well, he turned up at mine and literally we said hello. He said hello to to my wife and children and then we went straight into um, the studio and press record. So we really hadn't ca- sort of caught up at all. So this episode... It's exactly the same formula as the others. We we talk about music and we talk about his life, but we also reminisce about some funny stories that we got up to whilst we spent three to four years on the road uh, doing DJ tours. Um, he's a lovely guy, and I, as soon as I started doing this podcast, I was absolutely adamant that I would get James on at some point. Uh, he spends a lot of his time living in uh, L.A., and he did kindly invite me out there to record this. But I thought it would probably be cheaper and easier to wait until he's back in Essex and he can drive 15 minutes down the road and just come to mine. So that's what happened. And uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode. So before we get on with the episode, just a quick shout out to the Distraction Pieces Network. Lots of good stuff over there, including James talking to Scroobius Pip on his Distraction Pieces episode. Pip did fly to LA um, for that one. So give that a listen. Big love to Mr. 76, uh, the producer of this. And my name is Ad for doing all the uh, artwork. I think that's it. Also, if you this is your first episode uh, that you've listened to of Off The Beaten Track, then please have a little look in the back catalogue because there's plenty of other episodes available uh, with the likes of, wow, Scroobius Pip, Block Party, Ian Lee, Dom Jolly, loads of people. So go and, go and get stuck into to the back catalogue. Um, the easiest thing to do is to subscribe 
Um, and if you see us on, we're on all the social media, so just go on there and like, love, share. And if you are an existing and um, long-time listener and you want even more off-the-beaten-track stuff, then we have a Patreon page, so you can support that and, and get bonus episodes each week as well. You can find out about all of this on www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. That's me done. Let's get on with the episode. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Mr. James Buckley. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairware Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out. Because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we're recording. We are in the Whiffin. It's nice to be back here. Seem to have been recording all the ones of late up in Hipsterville. Uh, so it's nice to be back in in a really overcast and miserable afternoon in greys. A ray of sunshine has just walked into the <laughs> Whiffin. Um, it's James Buckley. Hello. Hello. Uh, it's going to be quite weird because we haven't seen each other for, what, two years? Yeah, something like that. It honestly feels like five minutes for me. Yeah? Yeah. Do I look any different? No. No? No. That's kind of, yeah. You look better, if anything. Really? Yeah, I reckon so. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Um, So. I'm just being nice. I know you are. I know. Um, So, yeah, I don't want this to be kind of super interview, because this literally is, we're we're going out for a curry after this with um, a couple of other people. But, and I'm sure we'll catch up more then, but, I, I, you know, I don't want this to be too interview-based because 
you mean mate and I'm catching up with you know, so it's yeah. quite nice well um, maybe we should keep it interview based because it might just turn into two old mates alright <laughs> <laughs> alright all right. we'll do that um, okay so let's just let's just start with the tracks because I did send you the list and you went yeah this uh, needs some yeah. thought um, I'm going to think about it in bed tonight and uh, I fell asleep funny enough yeah, I, I thought that might be the case. So this is the first time I've ever done one of these and not uh, known what songs the guest has chosen. Oh, really? Yeah. So normally they're... Honestly uh, the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the first person to come up to come unprepared. Yeah. Like, don't make you groundbreaking. No, I'm not saying like... I'm groundbreaking. I just find it really difficult to believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, track one, James. Yeah. The song with the greatest intro. Yeah, there's a few. You can have some honourable mentions, that's cool. Well, money for nothing. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, shut what? Up. It's, a good in- it's a good intro. What, the whole intro? Yeah. Right. Right. That bit, yeah? Yeah. And then it kicks in. Yeah. Do you know what? I heard that on the radio yesterday. It's a banger. I um, don't care what you say. I know Dire Straits aren't cool or whatever, but I'm yeah. a sucker for an amazing guitarist. Yeah. Mark Knopfler is brilliant. And right. that riff is amazing. It's a it's a rock classic, yeah? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so I'm obviously well old, so I remember that, like, when that album came out, that was like, I think it was like up there with Thriller for like the biggest selling thing and I just remember thinking even though I reckon Knopfler was probably about 10 years younger than what I am now still thinking he looked like one of like if I had like a quirky like if my dad had a quirky mate because he had like kind of receding kind of Gene Wilder-esque hair yeah but he hid it very well with, with a kind of headband with a, headband, <laughs> with a McEnroe tennis sweatband oh brilliant cheers mate mm. Nice one. Um, yeah, no, is he, that your choice? No. Right, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, uh, what am I going to go with? The Riverboat song. <laughs> right. I forgot what it was called. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Riverboat song. By Ocean Colour Scene, yeah. yeah? Yeah. That's a pretty decent intro. It's a really good intro, especially uh, live. I'm thinking more live... Because I've got to see Ocean Colour Scene a few times over the years. Have you got to play guitar with Ocean Colour Scene on stage as well? Yeah, I'm always crowbarring my way in. <laughs> Turned up with my own guitar once. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a conversation with yourself en route thinking, am I taking a piss here? No. I... How does it work? Because I don't know how these things work. Well, because I'm mates with Steve Craddock. Yeah. And um, I was just telling him that I'd bought a new guitar. Right. He said that, and he was like, oh, you've got to bring it along. I want to see it. Da, da, da. And I've done that a couple of times now. Yeah. Do you go out and buy a new guitar just so you can play it on stage watching yeah, Colour Scene? Yeah. I do. Uh, every now and then I do um, practice along, you know, with an Ocean Colour Scene track just in case I'm called off the bench. Yeah. So I'm match ready. <laughs> Genuinely. Is, is it Steve's son that comes and plays with him now on stage sometimes? Yeah. St- yeah. Cass has been playing. Um, I know he's been playing with Steve he's been going out solo I think right. he's been doing it with Ocean Colours yeah. as well so right, isn't it yeah he's a really good little footballer as well really and yeah. a good guitarist yeah and his dad's Steve Craddock that's it Winning. he's not going to struggle to get a girlfriend no, is he he'll be alright yeah um, so we're going with that that's your actual one yeah when that when they play that live it kicks off yeah and it's, it's a great intro you know mm. exactly what song's going to come up yeah I mean 
you are quite pally with them because they played your wedding, didn't they? Yeah. So that was quite quite cool, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Like getting. Yeah. Yeah. It was was actually the first. No, I'd seen them. I'd seen Ocean Colour, seen play the Toothbrush with the first album, like kind of the pre. Sort of like it's quite sort of Stone Roses. That yeah, album. yeah, it was more baggy than than yeah. the kind of mod thing. And then obviously uh, the second album, they they got a bit sharper with the the stylings and stuff. I, I do. Th- I think it's called Sway. One of the songs off that album. Yeah, it's really good. Mm, it's I think great. it's a really good song. Yeah, that was I, a single as well. Yeah, I remember I asked Steve if they ever play that. Do you ever play that anymore? And he's, then this was a few years ago. He said, Yeah, we did. We did once. Oh really? We did not went down like a lead balloon so they don't bother anymore well at least that's one you ain't got to practice I'm just freezing. in case I've turned the thing on the heating is on hang on let me move it a bit closer <laughs> that's not that close <laughs> that, that might help it is really cold today um, alright so let's move on to track two yep um, and it's the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you um, I think it's a, an honourable mention. It's probably um, "Candle in the Wind," nineteen ninety-seven. Yep. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but I think uh, first song that proper, and it still gets to me, and right. I, and it's the right time of year to bring this up. It's okay. uh, "Fairy Tale of New York." Okay. And I know that the uh, that it's it's controversial nowadays the lyrics in it um, because he says faggot. Yep. Um, you know you can't judge a society on the time. Absolutely. Um, but I genuinely think uh, there's the lyrics. Um, you took my dreams from me when I first found you. I kept them with me, babe. I put them with my own. Can't make it all alone. I bought, built my dreams around you, and yeah. that chokes me up just saying that. Yeah. I think that's incredible. I. Do you remember when you met him? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Mate, do you're actually you? shivering. I am, I'm welcome. Um, so, should we talk about that? <laughs> so, me and you went to, uh, well, sorry, you went to the NME Awards, yeah. and you took me along with you. Yeah. And a few a few interesting things happened that that evening. So, when we arrived, I'd never been on a red carpet or anything like that before, and it was at Brixton Academy, right? Yeah. And so we... Uh, we had the foresight to stop off at the pub beforehand. We had a few in there before yeah, we went Yeah, I think, yeah, we might have got the flavour, to be honest. And when we arrived on the red carpet, obviously I was thinking, this is quite weird, we was met by Nick Grimshaw. Can you remember this? And he come out... And he went, hello, James, how are you? And he was like, I'm well, thank you. And he went, who's this? And you went, that's my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, for fuck's sake, he's my one moment on a red carpet and I'm now looking like his, his donchy fucking older boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. But I remember uh, when we then got into the bit where you had to sort of walk along all the press and, and, and sort of do all the why you're here tonight and what you was up for and stuff like that. And I was just sort of loitering around in the background and was sort of constantly sort of nudging you, going, it's Courtney Love. And he was going, yeah, yeah, be cool. And I was like, right, right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, 
slash. Yeah, it's and like cool people there. Yeah, it? it was unbelievable, and uh, and all I remember is having a really good time. You you won the award, you won the award for whatever it was to do in between as well. Yeah, wasn't not it? me personally. I was just yeah. I was sent to receive it. Yeah, you I took the glory. TV yeah. Show, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and then you was backstage doing press stuff, and then when you come back, I didn't even really know my own name, did I? Yeah. Um, and I was being looked after by Shane McGowan. Yeah. <laughs> who was telling me it'd be all right. Well, there's a picture of you somewhere, isn't there? Yeah, of, yeah. Of you and Shane McGowan. Yeah. And I remember you saying to me, you've got to be in a state if you looked more fucked up than Shane McGowan. <laughs> Oh dear, emotional journey home, got all angry with you, then yeah. I burst into tears. Well, there was a reason for that though, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been spiked with something. Exactly, yeah. I didn't know what was going on, I was in a bad way. Because you were ill for the next sort of couple of weeks. Yeah, you yeah. It was really cool. put out of commission. <laughs> so you, yeah. were going, you were going mental on something that somebody had slipped in your drink. Yeah. I remember, I remember it shepherding you. <laughs> I had to sort of sober up. Yeah. So I was like, oh no, something's wrong with Stu. I've like, been pissed with you so many times. I was like, what? This? And I've, I was like, I'm sure I've matched him drink for drink. And Yeah. But we managed to get a car home. And then in the car, <laughs> in the car, you went to me, oh, oh, Buckley. Oh, you're a good egg, Buckley. <laughs> what? And I, and I just chuckled and went, oh, thanks, mate. Don't fucking laugh at me, Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. And then that was it. You had to go to the doctors the next day. Yeah, it were like, good. They were like, yeah, someone's done something to you. So I want to touch on, uh, oh, on Elton John it was quickly. was Keith Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> he was at the table. He was. Um, so... I take it Elton John's an honourable mention. Yeah. Do you want me to pause this and get a coat? No, it's all right. Carry sure. Yeah. You're literally shivering. <laughs> yeah, I just need to shiver a bit. And right, then okay. Do you want up. a whiskey or something? <laughs> no, you're all right. Um, so I want to talk about Elton John because whenever I hear Elton John, I think of you. Yeah. Um, well, I like Elton John. Yeah, I know you do. And, <laughs> and what a lot of people are not going to ask you to do any impressions, but you're quite good at doing impressions. <laughs> and... For listeners that don't know, the, a big part of me and you hanging out was driving up and down the country yeah. for you to do your DJing sets. Yeah. We destroyed your, the Picasso, pretty much. Yes. We put some miles we, in that we car. Did. We ruined the Picasso. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we're going to get back to the Picasso at Christmas before we finish, because I've got a story about that, which is one of the best nights uh, in Kent I've ever had. So, I can't hear... Uh, sacrificed by Elton John yeah. without thinking of you doing an impression of it um, <laughs> because we would I would we, you would control the music because I would be driving and you'd put Elton John on and it would be like Rocket Man and then I'd be I've done put and you'd always insist on putting <laughs> sacrifice on and <laughs> <laughs> oh, doing that I <laughs> And the only other song that really reminds me of them journeys in the car together are your opening vocal to Simple Minds, uh, <laughs> Don't You Forget About yeah. Me. You used to know yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously I would uh, hum the theme to Top Gun whenever we had to get on a plane. <laughs> 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 Highway to the Danger Zone. 
And we got told off for mucking about doing that as well, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that time when we sat right in the front? And then, and then the stewardesses sat right in front of us and it just was so awkward because we were just facing each other. So, so we were just laughing. And we did that when we walked into a hotel once. That was quite... The, but that was the wrong hotel, wasn't it, at yeah, first? Yeah, it was the wrong hotel. We just got the giggles. We were yeah. pissing about making each other laugh for about two hours in a car. <laughs> did we then did you then leave something at that reception and then we had to go back to it yeah, after we'd I, laughed I in I'd her left, face I literally think I'd left my bag because <laughs> we were, we were, I wanted to get out so quickly because we just looked like a couple of dicks we were just laughing because we were nuts because when we were doing those DJ gigs we were very little sleep yeah. yeah and uh, it's cabin fever in that Picasso right yeah I think we just every now and then we just got a bit hysterical <laughs> And it, uh, but I mean, you can't explain that to someone. All we looked like was two people that walked into a hotel and laughed at a receptionist's <laughs> face. So I'm gonna. Do you know what? Let's let's get on the track too, because I want to also talk about um, some of them journeys as well, because I think that the listeners are going to find them rather amusing. So, what was the actual first song that you remember having a um, emotional impact yeah, on your mind? Yeah, the Pope's and. Kirsten oh, sorry. Of yeah. course you did. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, I've just literally, before you arrived today, there was a documentary on BBC last night about that song with all the Pogues now talking about it and that. And Did they interview Shane McGowan? Yeah. Is he laughing? <laughs> yeah. It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. But it doesn't even go... Yeah. It just goes... <laughs> Sorry, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the lyrics you just said are beautiful, but the, it's the bit where when you hear it live... And you hear the crowd singing, I could have been someone when McCall hits yeah, and so could anyone. anyone. Oh, mate, yeah. that's goosebumps right there. Yeah. It really is. Uh, okay, so can you remember how old you was when you first heard that? No. No, I can't. It's always been... Just there? Yeah. Okay. It's like Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. It's just a part of Christmas. Yeah. It's just... So... <clears throat> So where was you born? Croydon. Okay, I thought you were yeah. born in, in the Nam. No, no, my parents moved um, to Dagenham when I was two. Uh, don't know why. Yeah. Business prospects. <laughs> <laughs> it was all happening in Nam. Well, I suppose yeah. it was. There was uh, the, obviously the, the Fords was there, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't get a job there. No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so when you was. Growing up at home, was there was there always music on at home? Was that something that yeah. was there? Because yeah, I, my dad's dad's got a really really good record collection and um, a lot of sort of seventies and eighties rock and he's got um, he used to listen to a lot of Bowie, Cheap Trick. Um, he's really proud that he's got an original. <coughs> Appetite for Destruction album. Okay. The one with the robot and the yep. naked woman and stuff. Like, he loves that he's got that. Because he was right seeing my comments. Yeah. You know, I got it. I was one of the first people to get it. Yeah. And um, a lot of the records are from Ireland as well, because he, he grew up in Ireland. And they've all got sort of like little Irish yeah. the shop stickers on and things like that. And, but there was always music. Lou Reed. Um, Doors? Doors, yeah. I remember we, we were playing the Doors. I was, I was quite surprised when, when we first met just how kind of 
much sort of older older music that you was really on point with. Yeah. Like things like The Doors um, and Elton John. <laughs> so when you said it had an emotional impact on your fairy tale in New York, an emotional impact in a, I, mean, as I just what? thought it was beautiful. Oh really? I could just I, I just remember thinking, well, imagine being that in love and just uh I don't know how you come up with, with lyrics like that without loving someone so yeah. much. And yeah, I was just sort of um looking forward to something like that to happen to me. Yeah. And um, it just is. It just is. It's just. It, and also, <clears throat> the 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 sort of the the video with it as well, which I didn't see that at first. But you sort of once I got into MTV and things. Yeah. And Matt Dillon. Yeah. What well, is he in it? He's the copper that arrests Shane. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. Oh, isn't yeah? I didn't even know that. Yeah. But yeah, it's just sort of, um, I don't know, I just feel like I can relate to down and outs and to, <laughs> <coughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just people were a bit skint and, yeah. and that's sort of what it was like in Dagenham, it was just. And, and I think that's important to, that, that we, we talk about this a little bit, because I think a lot of people's perception of, of celebrity and, and, you know, people that are in TV and films and things like that is that they've all had privileged upbringings and things like that and 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 you you didn't don't, don't get me wrong your parents obviously did support your you yeah, know the things that you wanted to do but you know you didn't come from a a wealthy family did you so to no. speak like no we were yeah it we i even always remember feeling poorer than everyone else in dagenham yeah you know next door would get a conservatory and stuff like that <laughs> How are they managing that one? Yeah. But it's because, you know, my dad was a postman. Yeah. Which is what you do if you've got absolutely no qualifications or yeah. skills of any kind. Yeah. Um, but it was it was good where I grew up. And uh, it sort of feels a bit... Um, like, I always, I always think that... So, what are you, like, ten years older than me? Are you being nice? <laughs> I'm 45, mate. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, a couple more. Yeah. But it's um, but I can talk to you about music. I can yeah. talk to you about TV and about yeah. kids shows and stuff like that. Yeah. It just felt like if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, there was something that everyone had in common. That yeah. There was, it, you know, it all, it all, it still felt post-war. Yeah. In Dagnan. like I used to play in bomb shelters. Yeah. Over the field. And the mentality was, you know, my my primary school was across the road from Ford's. And mm. You could see the big Ford sign when you look out the window. And the mentality was, you know, keep your head down, do well, might be a job across the road for you. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Cheers. But um, <clears throat> it's, it, you know, and it, it, I, I always think that it's the internet that sort of changed stuff. Like, I, I don't even think it was until sort of 2000 that they thought, should we make new kids shows? Yeah. You know, I had Bill and Ben videos and things like that. And really? Yeah, I had black and white ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, we're, we're obviously going to talk more about growing up anyway, so this brings us on nicely to, to track three. Yeah. Um, which is the song that reminds you of school. Uh, the song that reminds me of school, it depends really, because... <clears throat> so, like, 
if I think about primary school, so I left primary school in 98. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, we were very different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so the thing that makes me think about primary school is Gina G. Right. Just a little bit. Yeah. Because um, that was, the, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it kicked off at the school disco. Right. Gina G turned up. Okay. Be slipping about on trodden inch crisps and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> um, but then, but then, so that's I, I, I sort of feel like that's a more interesting answer. So I'll let you pick, and then sort of high school is anything by the Stone Roses. Okay. Because that's when I sort of discovered the Stone Roses. I, I, I had the um, Do It Yourself album by the Seahorses, uh-huh. and I was into that before the Stone Roses. Right. I remember um, my teacher at school, because I love um, John Squire, and he was like, "Well, if you like John Squire, you should probably." listen to the Stone Roses. Yeah. So I sort of like went backwards sort of. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably sort of Fool's Gold by the Stone Roses. I just listen to that all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and probably it... anything by the Smiths as well at that point. So how old But no you... one else was listening to it. I was going to say, that's, that's, you know, for, for, the late nineties yeah. to be a what fourteen fifteen year old lad listening to the <laughs> <laughs> like that's I don't know did you feel a bit older than your time do you know what I mean like did you because that's I mean it's just, that's, that's, I mean don't get me wrong it's great music yeah I just I just always I don't know I just um, was you playing guitar by then yeah right and I was the only kid in my school that played an instrument no one else played an instrument not even a keyboard right or anything and um because everyone had decks yeah technics 1210s that's what yeah. i used to hear and it just used to be like people mixing sweet like chocolate boy to yeah craig david or something didn't appeal no i went into it and yeah. uh and i don't know really i don't know why i think it was just because i was because I would, I'd learn how to play guitar, and yeah. uh, I suppose if I hadn't, I would have just gone with whatever my mates were doing at that yeah. time. So, did, was you? I, I guess a majority of people will obviously know you for for the Inbetweeners and 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 London Way, and and obviously your <laughs> punk outfit, uh, London Way. Like, did you did you fit in at school? Like, because you, I take it you was doing um, theatre school as well. Yeah, I was doing. I was going to a stage school. At the was weekends you uh, Lamey's by then? Yeah, I was. I was in Lamey's in '99. Yeah. Um, I used to take my guitar with me into up to London, and, and, and that's why I'd play guitar while I was waiting to go on stage in between scenes and stuff like that. So, for for uh, you know, uh, to have someone at school like that that was in the West End in a show and also wasn't into garage and the stuff that you know I guess the majority of people was where did you sit in in school like you know did you did you did you get on all right with school did you enjoy it no I I hated school and I just remember at the time thinking that this I remember being at school and just thinking well this is it this is forever yeah like I could never see it ending yeah and um I wasn't particularly interested in in what teachers had to say. 
I was more interested in trying to make people laugh and um, as a result not really got an education yeah whereas now I really do want to know everything yeah everything yeah, but yeah. Is interesting you know without being I was really immature as well like I was right like it, it was, you know as you can imagine yeah <laughs> yeah but like without blowing smoke up you're bright do you know what I mean like you know you're you're yeah, definitely a clever fella I don't think I'm stupid yeah and it probably would have really helped out if I'd applied myself a bit at school yeah um, was the creativity encouraged at, at school not the, the theatre school just uh, they so I would I missed loads of school you know to do West End shows yeah. for six months at a time and then to do TV shows and things like that and uh, I think the school the school was really good because they were just they were pretty much like he's not really doing much here so he might as well try yeah. and you know pursue something that he's enjoys or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they seemed to be quite supportive in that sense. Um but it was uh yeah it was I was yeah I suppose I was odd. I was an odd kid. But you had good mates, right? Yeah, good mates, yeah. And they were all odd as well, so Yeah. That was sort of what we had in common. Yeah. You gravitate towards that though, don't you? You know, if you if you've got a, if there's some people that are a little bit different that you know, you see them kind of things in yourself, then it's a natural thing, isn't it, to sort of gravitate towards them and... Yeah, I suppose. You yeah. know, if they're not spinning vinyl on their decks to sweet like chocolate, <laughs> I know. you know. I've got, a real, I've got a real memory of sitting in somebody's bedroom in Dagenham, 3rd Ave, just watching him mix on decks for about four hours. Yeah. And I'd go, oh, can I... Like, can I have a go? Can I try and have a go at doing that? Then go, no, no, no. Listen, hold on, wait. I'm going to drop this beat now. Whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, fucking hell, this is yeah. boring. And then I remember, uh, I remember putting on MTV, and the music video was. So this was about 2000, and the music video to um, Sunday Morning Call yeah. from Oasis, which isn't even the best Oasis song, but yeah. I was already well into Oasis by yeah. that point. And I started singing along to it, and one kid went, "Don't sing along to that, you dick." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, sorry. What? What? Why? I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't bother questioning it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, for track four, yeah. The first record that you bought, I, I presume it may even have been a CD. It was a CD. Mm-hmm. Um. First record I bought was Greatest Hits of the Monkeys. I was about seven or eight. Wow. Because the I monkeys. I forgot how much you like the monkeys. <clears throat> yeah, because the monkeys were on um, TV. Yeah. Uh, when 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 I was growing up, they were on Nickelodeon. It was the last. Uh, it was. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On a half six, before yeah. it was the last show of the evening. And uh, I just wanted to be Davy Jones. I just thought he was the coolest person ever. I just thought yeah. he was amazing. Um, so I got the I got the greatest hits of the monkeys uh, from I think it was like the Britannia. Yeah. Uh, when you send off for it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, like, yeah. You, like I think my mum and dad were getting a couple of CDs and there was a space for me to get one and all, that's what I wanted. Um, which I think is quite cool. That's super cool. I had um, Ian Lee on on this podcast yeah. um, a couple of months ago and he's obsessed. With yeah, the monkeys, he loves monkeys, and he's yeah. got a label when he releases yeah, obscure like stuff from there. And stuff yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and he chose for his intro "Daydream Believer," um, one, yeah. but I'd never heard the little Davy Jones bit that he says. Oh, what what number is this? Seven A. Yeah. That's it. Just because I'm short, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never, never heard, heard that. And I've obviously heard that song gazillions of times, but I'd never heard that at the beginning. Yeah. Obviously, when the piano bit kicked, yeah. it's amazing anyway, but I'd never heard that little Davy Jones talky bit at the beginning. I'd say Happy uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday yep. is a great intro. Yeah. Just that little guitar riff. Mary, like, Mary. Yeah. That's a great Where intro. Going to yeah. So, can you remember where you bought it? Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, Britannia. Yeah, sorry, Britannia it wasn't the record thing, shop, yeah. was it? Yeah. So, um, and how old was you then? Seven, six. But, uh, like I said to him as well, when he done this, I think, I mean, I find it quite strange that almost 20 years after I was watching it, and it had been out 20 years when I was watching it, was... It but I just thought, TV. and it was great though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, I've not gone back and watched it since. I don't know if it holds up. I've watched a few trying to get my boys. Yeah. Because, so, you know, it's like when you when you loved something when you were yeah. a kid. Sometimes, it's, like you say, it doesn't always translate. Yeah. They weren't that interested, to be fair. Yep. But, yeah, fun. Loads of fun. I, tr- I tried to get the kids to watch Breakfast Club. I thought, oh, they're, they're probably yeah, we, talk, we spoke it. about this. Oh, you, you ain't into that either, are you? Of course you ain't, yeah. Uh, um, I didn't watch it at the time. I wasn't around at the time. I've, yeah. I've watched it. It's like the Goonies as well. I'm just not into I didn't watch that when I was a kid. So I just, I've, I remember watching it when I was maybe about 17, 18, because my mates were like, right, you've got to watch yeah. the Goonies. I was like, shit. Yeah. Well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, look. Before we get on to the the, the song that soundtrack your clubbing years, so um, to, to actually to um, dial down the coolness just for a bit, do you want to know my first ever single I bought? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm blue by Air Force sixty five. I'm blue, daddy. Is that one? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the song. I remember the music video, and I thought it was funny. Yeah, I bought the cassette for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we met. Um, through a mutual friend, I mean Mark Watts. Yeah. Um, 
who has recorded an episode of this, it comes out uh, next year sometime, okay. managed to keep it to the hour, thought it might have gone on for about seven. Well, did, was he on the phone as well while he was doing it? <laughs> oh, he was at work, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so we, you had a band, London Waiting, yeah. that um, used to rehearse. Well, you don't have to tell people that, they don't know it all. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that used to rehearse at Mark's studio and I approached you and said, come and do you want to come play some records at the brush? Yeah. Um, which you did. And then I think we spent what, maybe three, four years after that on and off up and down the country. Yeah, we used to do tours every now and then, didn't we? Sort yeah. Twice a year or so. Yeah. It was a real intense. Yeah. Sort of like month, couple of months of going to pretty much every single city in the country, every university at least. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, it was different, you know, I, I, I found it really interesting to be, to obviously not being you and being on the outskirts looking in at a sort of celebrity. Yeah. And like, because, you know, some of them shows, there was a good sort of, you know, eight, nine hundred thousand people at these clubs. There was, right? Obviously not the one in Cardiff. Did you say nine hundred thousand? No, <laughs> not bad. Nine hundred or a thousand. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there was summer. There was yeah. a good eight or nine as well. Yeah, yeah, that was um, oh, that was in Cardiff. Yeah. yeah, where like literally no one, t- no one was there apart no. from someone that was oh, in Big it was Brother. Glyn <laughs> from Big Glyn Brother. from Big Brother was there. <laughs> and it was strange because the DJ booth weren't anywhere away from the dance floor. Yeah. So people would just literally just add their sort of elbow on the on the DJ I mean, booth, just going, all right. It might as well have been a bar. <laughs> <It might have. laughs> and I was a barman. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, but I, I, I thought it was interesting just seeing that hysteria and seeing, you know, even if we was just getting something to eat in the services, people just constantly wanting to have photos with you and saying hello and things yeah. like that. And, you know, when when that first sort of blew up, like the the in-betweeners, and, and, and I, I think pretty much once that first series exploded, that was when we was kind of first started doing the DJing. Yeah. And so, and, and I had so many different people DJ at the club over the years, but I'd never seen Hysteria like, that first one you yeah, done. It was crazy though, it, wasn't it really was, wasn't it? And I remember thinking, wow. And and then obviously It's a shame that that was the best one. Why is it? Well, because the was, brush. That was the first one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all Daniel. <laughs> from... We did hundreds <laughs> more. <laughs> we must have done two hundred of them. At least, yeah. Like, um and I remember we didn't obviously know each other and you know, you'd done the toothbrush and I said, Do you want to do some more? I'll try and get you some gigs. And and I remember, like, I, I don't even know where... The first or second one we ever done, it is quite strange. Obviously, I'm a, a lot older than you, and we was stuck in a car together, driving around. I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was the first or second one. It was in Kent somewhere, and we got lost. And uh, and we're literally driving in my Citroen Picasso, and we ended up down this, like, country lane with a dead end. And we got to the end of it... And I think we'd literally only done like one or two gigs and didn't know each other. And we just got to the end of this like, rec- like this tiny little kind of dirt track. And you just went, 
Oh, this is it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I've spent the whole duration of like the last two club nights grooming you just to get you down this dirt track. Oh, this is it, isn't it? This is... <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were too nice. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, track five. Yeah. The song that soundtrack your clubbing years. Right, this is going to be a bit more difficult because... Everyone says this. It's not a fan of nightclubs, just don't. Everyone says that. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? That is what will happen if people are into good music. Yeah. Um, soundtrack my my years in Clubland. It is probably something like I Predict a Riot. Right. By the Kaiser Chiefs. Okay. Or something by the Pigeon Detectives. I'll tell you a good one was um, Sexy in Latin. In fact, that would be my choice. Sexy in Latin by Little Man Tate. Okay. Um... I loved that song, and um, that was a real banger. Uh, I used to go to um, the Opium Lounge in Romford on a Thursday yeah. night. Bit of a face, weren't you? Well, no, I wanted to be. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> you? weren't like the quite, quite, a, quite a charismatic <laughs> outfit. Didn't you have a... I wore... I, so, you know, I was experimenting. <laughs> I was trying to see... I just sort of... Um, I was at an age where I was like, I don't want to follow your rules yeah. I'll do whatever I want and yeah. I've, I found a sequin scarf that, for, of my mum's uh, and I thought I'm going to wear that I'm right. going to wear that to a nightclub and uh, yeah I wore that and um, some girl just laughed in my face <laughs> <laughs> but not just laughed at my face pointed at the scarf and laughed in my face <laughs> and bearing in mind this is a nightclub yeah I could hear her laughing yeah so <laughs> Like what at that age? Like what? What? What did you want from clubbing? I don't even know because I wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't obsessed with girls or anything. Yeah. I just. I tell you what. I liked going. So I like. I liked getting pissed. Yeah. I really like drinking. <laughs> James Buckley. <laughs> um, but also, um, I liked that there was clubs, and they were very rare. So yeah. it was like opium lounges, like Pink Tooth. Yeah. And I think there was another one in Romford as well. Um, I, and I used to drink in the bitter end as well in Romford. Yeah. And I, I just liked, it was just a place where loads of people who liked indie bands yeah. would go and drink. And I, w I would go every week without fail. I'd go to the mm. bitter end for a couple and then we'd go on to, to the opium lounge. Mm. And, and you see the, all the same people every week. And, and so it just became a sort of, it just became a, like a cool place where where I felt like I'd found other people that liked the same mm. sort of music that I did. And, you know, especially when I was saying about, you know, going to school and stuff. Yeah. And nobody was interested in bands yeah, yeah. or anything like that. So it just, it just, I guess what I got out of it was it just made me feel slightly less weird. Yeah. I was still wearing my mum's scarf. Yeah, sure. of course. <laughs> Was you one of them? Did you ever have the confidence to go and talk to girls? Um, no, I don't think so. No, not really. I wouldn't. I still don't know what you'd say to them yeah. now. Yeah, what do they want to hear. I don't know. Like, I'd never have had the confidence to no. do that. My mates, my mates from Dagnam do. Yeah. Like they will just, like their method is like, well, or was rather. I'm going back ten years now. Yeah. It was just. Let's just throw some shit at the wall. 
let's talk to every single girl in this room. Yeah. And see what comes up. Yeah. Bosh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Uh, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to have that confidence. Oh, they didn't. They did not care about being rejected. Yeah. Wasn't just all right. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. I think the first rejection, <coughs> I'd be crushed. I'd be like, yeah. I'm going home. I go right. Well, <laughs> the world hates me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Going home and listening to the Smiths. Um, okay. So for track six. Yeah. Um, well, let, let, let's let's before we get on to that, let's. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your career. So, how did you deal with, with literally within, what, six months just becoming a, a household name? Um, and a very, very familiar face. Yeah, I didn't really spend too much time thinking about it. And also, you know, all four of us, we sort of, we all, we all saw fame as a byproduct. Yeah. It was never the goal or what we wanted. It was just... <laughs> All four of us were the same. I mean, like, after the first movie came out and it broke box office records and stuff like that, I went and had a baby and didn't do anything for a year. Yeah. You know, smarter people would have maybe... Have... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, right? And I've said this to people when, you know, because, you know, people often say, like... Yeah, what I've generally sort of said to... People that, that inquire, like, oh, you knew that you know, guy from in between us. I like, used to go and travel about, like, what's he like? And yeah. and it was quite... You don't answer that honestly, do you? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you know me better than well, almost anyone else. <laughs> because people presume that you're Jay at right. that point. Yeah. And and obviously you're not. No. Like, Jay's an awful person, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> You wouldn't be able to drive with him up and down the country. <laughs> no. Jesus, <clears throat> But I was always, we, you know, we'd finish these gigs and, you know, you was young and, and single and, and there would be hundreds and hundreds of people that wanted to hang out with you and girls that wanted to talk to you and there was always unlimited booze to be drunk and yeah. you'd be like, and I'd be like, what do you want to do? And you'd be like, yeah, should we uh, go back to the hotel? And yeah, like, bedtime. Yeah, and it was like, got to drive back in the morning. He <laughs> <laughs> was just like, I don't know. To me, I always remember thinking like, well, I'm really up for going back to the hotel and going to bed because I'm old and yeah. obviously I'm, I'm married and stuff. But yeah, you didn't seem to want to throw yourself at the the kind of things that are available to to celebrity, I guess. Yeah, I suppose not. I don't know. It's just, I, I it was just. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I suppose maybe if we were the last people on. Yeah. And I was finishing my set. Yeah. And it was convenient. Yeah. For a girl punter or something. Yeah. She was ready to leave the club at that point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would seem quite convenient. And yeah. We'd push the beds together. Yeah. <laughs> but it was. Um, I mean, he's I he's just... making out. <laughs> That um, if he was leaving the room. So let's explain how this works, right? Right, you're on at one, James. And so we'd normally arrive at the hotel at about seven. Yeah, I stopped doing the one o'clocks. Yeah. I had that changed. The latest was that I had to change it to the latest being midnight. If I could yeah. get an 11. Yeah. Oh, man. Done by 12. In bed by about half 12. And, and that's where I was going with it. Because I'd be like, right, um... Do you want to go and have some dinner or something? Nah. And like, <laughs> you just eat a tube of Pringles in your hotel room. <laughs> and then you'd be like, 
Um, how far's the club from here? And I'd be like, it's five minutes away. Right, what time are I on? 12. Should we go at mm, 10 to 12? Yeah. <laughs> and like, we would literally turn up at 5 to 12 and the front would be like, hey, all right. He'd be like, all right. Um, <laughs> you want some bottles of Jack Daniels? It was like, no, can I just have a bottle of water, please? <laughs> DJ. And then at like five past one, he'd be like, right, what do you want to do? Oh, we're going to chip off now, mate. And it was like back in bed by half one. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a bit weird because you'd get like, You'd meet like a promoter or or the manager or yeah. even the owner of the the venue or yeah. something, and they'd they'd want to be your mate. Yeah, and I go nah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the hotel now. I Why think, is it a waste of a hotel room? I do think my 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 fondest memory was uh, I think it was somewhere on that down south where we was DJing and. En route, it was Christmas, and we stopped at a services, and you come out with festive lights for my car. Oh, yeah. Can you remember? Yeah, you I put remember them all that. around the Loads. Yeah, yeah, all around the windscreen, <laughs> so we looked like kind of one of them, like pretty decent, like um, sort of lorries, but it was a Picasso. That was it. Yeah, they were lorry lights. Yeah, and we, <laughs> the windscreen of the Picasso. But uh, sometimes was the case where we'd finish a, a gig and they'd. The, the, the door staff would escort you to, to the car. And invariably, most people would turn up in some sort of flash car with a driver. And obviously, we'd rock up in my Picasso. Um, and I remember him walking us to the car. <laughs> and you got in, and obviously, I got in the front. And, and they were like, right, is everything all right, lads? And there was about sort of six of them all sort of standing around the car. There was no one outside the club anyway, so I don't know why they were that overprotective. And I just went, yeah, see you later. Uh, no, but prior to that, as we'd walked up to it, they went, where's your car, mate? And I was like, "Was this one? <laughs> and they just looked really surprised that he was getting in this shitty car. And then as they sort of tapped, at the, I'd done the window, and I was like, all right, yeah, cheers, thanks. And as I turned the key, you'd had... Wham queued up on the iPod. <laughs> the Christmas lights coming out. Bam, bam, bam. Doo, 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 doo. And we just sort of drove off. They must have just thought, what a prick. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, track six. Um, James, the yeah. favourite song from an artist from your hometown. Hometown? Oh, hometown. Did you think country? <laughs> I thought it said country. I mean, that's quite vast. <laughs> I was thinking, well, everyone's Beatles. Has he had many people from Venezuela? Um, Essex. Well, I suppose maybe um, I'd have to go with Blur then. Good chap. And um, I'd probably go with... uh, I mean, there's a lot there to, to pick. I'd probably go with There's No Other Way. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Um, I think that was their first single, wasn't it? No, She's no? So High was their first She's single. She's So High. That's off, is that off their first album? Though? Leisure, yeah. yeah. She's So High. Because he had a proper bowl cut. He it? did, yeah. Um, but that song used to be on the uh, playlist at Matalan. When I used to work in Matalan at Romford. Yeah. And I used to just wait for that song to come on. Um and Sultans of Swing. Yep. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, I just, um, I was working in Matalan, and I listened, listening to Blur, and just thinking, I can't wait till I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, I suppose it just reminds me of being young and just thinking that it's going to get better than this because it couldn't get any yeah. worse. Like you know. But but did did you have a belief that that was going to happen? That you you was you was and I don't you know nothing but respect to people that work in Matterland. But did you yeah. think I want more and I'm going to get more? Yeah, of course, yeah. Because for people that live in Essex, you know, in areas like where me and you have been brought up. The kind of encouragement and, and options for people to excel in creative, in, you know, fields is few and far between. Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah. You know, because you can't afford to do it. Exactly. Basically. That's why, you know, in the last sort of 10 years or so, if you wanted to be in a band, it was because your dad owns a bank and has yeah. bought you a flat yeah. in Shoreditch. And yep. you can just hang around there and... You don't need to make money, so you can just make music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just sort of... I mean, I'd, I was I was still doing stuff, you know, because I had to make my own money. Yeah. Because my mum and dad didn't have any, so... Uh, it was Matterland, then I worked at the Home Office for a little while. <laughs> then I was fitting kitchens with Ferg. Yeah. We're out um, with him. Is he out later? Yeah, he's... Of course he, he is. He'll be there. Um, so going back to Matterland... <clears throat> There's a story that I'd £3. like. £3.79 an hour. That's all right. Yeah. Did they mean, got what they paid for. Yeah. I mean, you got to work with Arnold Schwarzenegger there, is that right? What? <laughs> Can you remember, do you know where I'm going with this? No. Wasn't there a Tannoy system? Oh my god, yeah. Please retell this story no, 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 because. You're, you're going to need to remind me of this because there's. There was a bloke there. How do you remember this? You told me, and it stuck this. in my mind. And like, literally, every time I walk past the Tannoy system, wow. I want to say what he said. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe you remember this. I've forgotten about this for right. years. There was a bloke that we worked with. <laughs> and I'm not sure, you know, it was a different time. But I'm yeah. not sure how uh, he well put together upstairs he Okay. Was. And, uh... But he said he could do the best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> he was like, I'll just do it. i just do it. I'll do the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. You think it's him. And we were like, all right. So we got him to ask people to leave when it was closing time on the Tannoy. And he built this thing up so much. <laughs> we were like, right, oh, this is going to be brilliant. People are going to think Arnold Schwarzenegger's yeah. it. Like, it's going to like, make them all happy. Like, yeah. And uh, even though they, you know, we were thinking, even though they'll know it's someone doing an impression, but yeah. it would just be funny. And, yeah. Uh, so that, so he built it up. It was time to close. Got on the tannoy, and <laughs> it just went. Please leave the store. <laughs> it's like a sort of Kermit the Frog, sort of Austrian Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe brilliant. you remember that. I yeah. have not thought about that. Please leave the store. That is Please in my mind every time I see like, a little <laughs> microphone in a shop. <laughs> but um, most of my time spent at Matalan was uh, trying to amuse myself. Um, just not like... And also, like I think about it. Sometimes I think, yeah, I was pretty subversive and pretty cool. But sometimes I think... you just. Was you frustrated dick. though as well? No, I wasn't frustrated. I was 16, so it was like... You know, I was doing what sixteen-year-olds do—they yeah. get a job in retail. Yeah. And um, but obviously, just because of who I am, and because I'm, I've, I've just 
I'm so childish and I need to amuse myself, not for the benefit of anyone else. Yeah. I would serve customers just wearing a lady's bra. <laughs> <laughs> On the outside of my clothes, yeah. um, just playing frisbee with the with plastic plates and stuff like that. And um, I remember, I remember, I remember. I mean, this sums up sums up Matalan, I think, at that time was just. I remember the manager said to me, James, um, you know, it'd be really. And I'd been working there for maybe two weeks or something like that. He's like, we we could really do with you staying an extra hour. Um, would that be all right? And I went, no. Nah. Well, I'd rather give you three pounds seventy nine. You say that, <laughs> but that was what was in my head. I was like, stay another hour. Yeah. And then what do I get for it? Three pounds seventy nine. <laughs> oh, I'll just no. I'll go. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Um... But there wasn't a queue of people trying to take those jobs. Yeah. So you sort of got away with murder. Okay. And so. In between us is a massive success and that the films are super successful. Um, you get married, you have children, and and then I think the, the, the DJing stopped, obviously, when children and that come along. And, and the that, DJing that makes... stopped because even when I was about 25, 26, I looked around and felt old. Yeah. And I'd play a song that I thought was new. Yeah. Because in my head it was new. Yeah. When really it was about a decade old yeah. or something like that. It was something like the Libertines or something yeah. from 2000. It's weird, isn't it? Like, that, that, that does happen. Did you never look to your left and think, what must he be doing? <laughs> 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 uh, um, so, so what have you been up to? You've obviously, Zapped has been happening. Um, yeah. What else? I've been doing Zapped. I've been doing a show in the States called I Feel Bad for NBC. Um, so t yeah, tell me, because this is the stuff that I don't really know too much about. So you, yeah. you've been out in, because we was, you, you invited me out to LA to do yeah. this. And I thought it'd be a lot easier when you was home just to come off out <laughs> down the road rather than me. It was like when I did the Pips podcast. Yeah. Like we, live in, we live 10 minutes away from yeah. each other, but we met up in LA <laughs> to do this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah. I've I've just been I've been doing sort of I've been over there quite a lot and working more um, in Los Angeles, and uh, I like being there. I like the weather. I've got my truck, and uh, that's pretty much all there is to it. So, what do you spend a certain amount of time a year out there, or this year I've spent I spent about I spent more time there than I have here. Um, did the family come out with you, or is that they did? They cut. They about school, are the kids at school now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. They're, they're well in. They've been at school for a couple of years, a pair of them. But um, that, so yeah, so that makes things difficult. And yeah. It means a lot of a lot of back and forth from me. Yeah. And like back and forth to LA is not like popping over to somewhere. Yeah. So most of this year, I've just been tired. Like I yeah. just don't know when to go to sleep. And can't go to sleep when I'm supposed to. Yeah. And then just uh, that's the lads they want their curry. And then just um, you know, like last night, I said I'd look at that thing as soon as I got into bed. I just yeah. just fell asleep. Um, and that's basically been my year. We did did zapped, and then we, you know we got the second series of White Gold that we've finally finished, and then we'll, we'll we'll get that out at some point next year. Which it, I like doing. So you. 
see, I know nothing about this, and everyone's asking me because they know I know you. What, what's going on in between us doing this? What, what, what's all that about? We were just doing a little, um, <laughs> a little celebration thing, really. I, I, I mean, I think people will like it. I think people will enjoy seeing the four of us together again. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a night of us partying and Jimmy Carr's hosting. I think it's, I think it's going to be like a hootenanny. Oh, right. Oh, it's not of, like a... I presume it's some sort of like hour-long thing of usual sitting there watching clips and... There's going to be a bit of that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's going to be clips and stuff like that, but it's going to be... Um, it's going to be more like a sort of... That sort of Jules Holland hootenanny sort yeah. of type party thing. And that's going to be on New Year's Day. Oh, amazing. Yeah, which is technically the year after the 10th anniversary, which I sort of pointed out. Yeah. Just I mean, why do you it. do things like that? <laughs> just missed it there. Can um, I just say? <laughs> it's going to rain on it. <laughs> Let me just put my little fly in the <laughs> So just, um, aside from White Gold, which I know you've just finished the second series of that. Yeah. Um, so, Zach, so when I see you as doing that, um, aside from Paul Kay, I think it's incredible. Yeah. Um, that's on Baby Cow, right? So that's... Yeah. And I know that from the day we met, we've spent a lot of time quoting Partridge. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Two people. Exactly. <laughs> like you. <laughs> Quite punky. <laughs> it was just someone that... Was it a girl? It was a girl promoter. That, that, that looked like Simon Pegg <laughs> from one of Steve Coogan's live, stand-up live DVDs. Bonus it, bits, wasn't it? Was it live and lewd? Yeah. <laughs> Again, she looks like punky sort of thing. <laughs> so just as we left, I just went, I like you, you're quite punky. She just looked confused. Which, which 99% of people won't, won't get. <laughs> I've always funny. Um, so, did you get to work with, with Coogan? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like the main reason of doing it. And how was that? Yeah, incredible. Absolutely amazing. Like he's an actual genius. Yeah. And uh, does things at a level that I'll never reach, which is sort of depressing. But yeah. he'll he'll do a line, and he'll go, "I can, you know, I can do it a different way," and he'll do it a different way, and it'll be just as funny. Everything he does is perfect and hilarious, and he's got variations and different ways to do everything. Whereas I've just got the one thing, which yeah. is sort of like Gervais from The Office. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was. That was great. He's been in a couple of episodes now. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast see you on the other side <coughs> matt cough signals uh Change yeah. the battery. So, yeah, we've had to change the battery. Uh, so we was just finishing talking about uh, working with the genius that is Steve Coogan. Yeah. 
He's just um, he's he's basically everything you'd expect. Just absolutely perfect. Yeah. And just really difficult to 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 watch because he just makes you laugh. Yeah. And um, and that's what he does. He's just he's just brilliant. But the, but the thing the the reason why Steve Coogan's such a particular hero of mine is that because he's also um, just a really good actor as well. Yeah. And I think you I think I think you need that as as your sort of foundation to mm-hmm. then try and be funny as well on top of it. Yeah. And um have you heard him sing as well? Only Farino. Farino, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But you can sing. <laughs> I can sing, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went home again. Um but uh get the guitar. <laughs> But yeah, you can sing, definitely. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm basing this on your Jim Kerr from Simple Minds and, uh, and your Elton John, but it's always in tune. Do you know what I mean? Well, I was, you know, I was in West End shows and stuff like that. Of course. And, yeah. and so I remember you saying to me once, is that still the case, that you do at some point want to return? Oh, I'd love to. Go back and when I'm sort of 45, something like that, go and play Javert. Yeah? Yeah, in, in Les Miserables. Oh, that'd be a dream. That'd be incredible, yeah. Just for one night. All right. Day. All right. Okay. Not so, <laughs> not so I don't want to put too much work into no, it. No, of course. Um, so for the last track, mate, yeah. um, I'm aware that lads are down the curry house and we've got to, we've got to make tracks. Um, you haven't prepped this one, so this is going to be difficult. Um, a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Okay. There's a few, to be oh, honest. Oh, okay. Um, Pink Squares by a band called uh, I Was a Cub Scout. Mm-hmm. I used to love that song. Even though there's no real sort of guitar in it, um, there's a band called the Hedrons. And they've got a song called "I Need You," and they're sort of like an all-girl punk band. So these two records that you mentioned, these were they're the not two. The ones I'm picking. Okay, but these were two that definitely were on your initial playlist when we was going to go out and DJ. Yeah. They fell off the playlist quite quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good point there. I want people to hear them. Yeah. They just don't want to listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Metros. Uh, they got. They got a song called "Talk About It," which is quite good. Because am I right in saying? The singer in the metros is the singer in Fat White Family, I believe. Didn't, like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I've never even heard of Fat White Family. Oh, there's some good stuff there. What a good name for a band as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the song I would pick, which I just think... Because um, I'm not a huge Kaiser Chiefs fan. Okay. Um, but uh, the Cribs cover Modern Way. Right. And it's so good. And I just don't think enough people have heard it. Yeah. It's so, so good. I absolutely love that. And it's a yeah. brilliant, brilliant cover. And it's much, much better than, than the Kaiser Chiefs version. But the, the original's good, right? And I know uh, it's easy to kind of mock the Kaiser Chiefs because they're, they're, you know, very Tosses. poppy. <laughs> but I'll probably say that's my favourite Kaiser Chiefs song. I think it's yeah. really good. And Cribs, right? They're... They're, they're decent. It's not just that cover, is it? I know you you got a lot I of time for the cribs. cribs. I absolutely love the cribs. I just remember a point in my life. I think it was probably maybe, maybe just bef- it was probably before the Inbetweeners. It must have been where I'd, all I wanted to do was hang out with the cribs. Yeah. I just wanted to meet them and hang out with them and 
jump on a table with them and get slashed up and stuff like that. And, and if it couldn't have got any cooler, Johnny Marr joins them. Exactly. What well, more do you want? Yeah. Right. Okay, well, mate, thanks so much for doing this. Pleasure. Like, um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's just quite strange. Like, so I've not seen you for a couple of years I and, and, our, and our, our kind of first hour catching up with each other has been done as a podcast <laughs> but it's been nice we've reminisced about some funny things and I've reminded you of your um, Matt Alan experience with Arnold Schwarzenegger incredible yeah um, please leave the store like <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, mate thank you very much cheers man alright bye there you have it I thought you'd enjoy that it was great to catch up with James it had been way too long and and it just felt odd to kind of sit there and have a, an hour-long catch-up and see what we'd all been doing and then press record and then have a more sort of formal podcast-style interview chat. So we just went straight in. So I hope you enjoyed us reminiscing about some of the daft shit we got up to when we was um, driving up and down the country, playing indie records to students that just wanted to stand and point at James and, and Shaq Lunge. Um, thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, as I said at the beginning, if you do like this, then please go and have a look in the back catalogue because there's loads more episodes with lots of really cool bands, comedians, broadcasters, radio presenters, etc, etc, etc. So go and have a look. We have a Patreon as well if you want to hear more episodes and we can sell merchandise. So I tell you what, I'm going to shut up and just say it's all at www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. That's all you need to know. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.